when there's no more room in hell. The dead will start a podcast. and welcome to No More Room in Hell number 56. This is Mike. Joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What is up, Venom? Greetings and salutations, zombies and samurais. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. Uh, finally healthy. I'm over COVID. I actually, I mean, literally today was the first morning I woke up and like felt like myself. Even though we did record an episode of Fresh Cuts earlier in the week, I was still kind of reeling, like I still had some issues, but... Today, literally, I woke up this morning feeling like a million bucks. So, yeah, I'm ready. All right. And good, too, because this episode is your pick. So uh, I'm expecting you'll have plenty to say about these. <laughs> um, <laughs> excited to hear what you got to say. But before we can do that, let's introduce Derek to the show. What's up, Derek? Hello. I am C3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. <laughs> and I no longer have a red arm. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? Uh, it's 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 been a while. Actually, a lot happened. <laughs> That's been a while. Yeah, I. Uh, it's easy to lose track because with fresh cuts, since we pretty much put it out every week. Sometimes I forget, like, how long actually goes in between recordings of, of this show. And it doesn't feel like it's been as long because I'm still doing something all the time. So then I'll – when I go to edit afterwards and I look at the upload date of, like, the last episode, I was like, oh, damn. That, it's actually been longer than I uh, and, expected and, it to be. And it's crazy because, we, you know, fucking the last show was postponed, too, because I was sick for, like, a few weeks. And this show was postponed because Venom was sick. So it's kind of like, we're trying, but shit happens. Well, my kids are back in school, so rest assured, I'll probably get in on the sick rotation at some point, too. Because it's bound to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a condo, so that was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? It was pretty fun. I went for, like, the one Sunday. Uh... It was, inter- it was actually my first con I ever went to. I went to the Silver Screen Con in uh, Danvers, Mass., uh, which was pretty cool, you know. Small. It was it was a smaller con than you know usual like bigger ones like Day of the Dead or Monster Palooza, which you guys have in Cali. But you know it was a good crowd, and actually all the people were nice. I, I was wearing my pumpkin head shirt. And everyone was like, "Yo." Pumpkin Red's underrated, yo. That's a good shirt, man. <laughs> you know? So that was cool. I met, like, a bunch of people. Like, I met Tony Todd. That was fucking cool. Speaking of Pumpkinhead, how long has it been since you've seen Pumpkinhead 2? A few years now. <laughs> I, I got to do that one for Cut to the Chase's Thrills and Chills. That's what I got on the draw. I think I've only seen it once, and I don't remember a lot about it. Well, the thing the thing about Pumpkinhead 2 that actually, which I actually, weirdly enough, give it kind of branches off from, like, the folklore and storytelling of the first movie and tells its own fucking story. This uses the character of Pumpkinhead. But, yeah. uh... Sometimes franchise sequels tend to do that. They're like, yeah, we'll just put the monster in any movie and it'll work. It is that movie has a crazy cast though, like fucking Soleil Moon fries in that fucking movie, Punky Brewster. Oh what? Yeah, and fucking uh, the the sheriff's fucking Andrew Robinson from fucking like Hellraiser and Dirty Harry. I think Lance Henriksen's still in it too. No, he's not in Part Two. Oh, what does he come back later? Yeah, three I... and four. 
Okay. Yeah. Is which one has the subtitle Blood Wings? Is that two? That's just two. And oh, it actually God. has there's actually like a I don't know I really want to spoil it for you because it's been a while. But it actually does have something to do with the word blood wings in the movie. It's fucking retarded when you find out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but actually the, the the highlight is the effects by K and B. Like the they did the effects on that and that's probably like the high point of the movie. Plus you get cameos from like Linnea Quigley and Kane Hodder. Which was kind of fun. Yeah. But, yeah, K&B's effects are probably, like, that's actually, their design of Pumpkinhead is actually my favorite design of Pumpkinhead, but it's in the shittiest fucking storyline movie ever. <laughs> but you'll see yeah, when I'm I'll, Yeah, I'll be watching it pretty soon. Um, I, I, I can't remember who has the first Pumpkinhead, but I'm kind of, like, waiting for that to get scheduled, and then... Lacey will probably hit me up so I have an idea when we're actually recording because I don't want to watch it too soon. And then by the time yeah. we record, I'm like, uh. Yeah, I know what that feels like. <laughs> what about you, Venom? You've been back to playing poker this whole time, even when you were sick? Did you, were you doing it online? Oh, God, no. No, no, not at all. Um, online, yeah. But I, I'm in California, so I can't play for money online, so. Um, just really just practicing, I guess. Uh, no, no, I dare not go to a poker game with COVID. Are you kidding? And the, and the funny thing is, is that I play most of the poker that I play is in Burbank. So we're talking about, um, older white men with money and knowing some of the, some, knowing some of their political affiliations. If I bring COVID to a poker game, I may kill some of them. Uh, cause you know, obviously, you know, you know, Republicans kind of, uh, thoughts on the vaccine. I'm, I don't want to get into a political discussion, but the point is I play with a lot of old white men with money, um, Republicans. And yeah, I'm not going to bring COVID to a game where 90% of the people are unvaccinated. Cause like I said, I'll end up killing them. Uh, so yeah, so I, I dare not play poker. I still will go out like I did go to a movie or I went to a couple of movies while I was sick I I, I wasn't testing positive when I went to the movies but I was still kind of drowsy drinking. and shit like that like yeah, groggy like last weekend you know, like I was coughing I was coughing a lot during the, the movie last week um, what the hell movie oh A Haunting in Venice when I went to see A Haunting in Venice which I'll be talking about in a little bit um, yeah, I was coughing a lot, and I think people kept turning around looking at me. I mean, I had my mask on, I was masked up, uh, and I tested negative that morning, so, you know, I know I'm safe, but, yeah, um, I probably shouldn't have gone to the movies, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> the mustache. You need to see the mustache. That's what I do. The epic mustache. <laughs> I hate, I hate getting a cough, coughing fit at the movies, because, like, you, yep. So sometimes I'll be sitting there, and it's like, do I just allow myself to cough and get it over with? But then you try to like prevent yourself from coughing, and then you make it worse. Exactly. Because then when you eventually cough, it's like twice as loud because it's like a double. Oh man! Now, well, fortunately, like, most of the like screens I go the, to now are in like off hours, so there's not a ton of people there. But when I was younger, and I was yeah. always going on Friday nights and stuff, I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. That was <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think everybody knows that I, like I, I, when I smoke weed, I fucking cough a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's like fucking, I turn into like an alien with saliva. I'm like, Bleh. I'm like one of those types. It's bad. <laughs> Holy shit, did you guys realize Meg 2 is already on HBO Max? I know. Yep. I was, I was kind of sad I that watched I watched it this re- morning. <laughs> Oh, Should I say I watched it while I was working? So I was watching. Really I'm watching it when I'm uh, done with this. Yeah, I was quick. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I guess we can get into uh, a little bit of what we've been watching. Um, so, Venom. Since our last episode, what do you have? I have, like, this long list. I'm, like, trying to decide what three. So, Venom, I'll kick it to you first. What have you been watching since our last episode? All right. Well, the first movie I'm going to talk about is my absolute highest recommend of the episode. 
Uh, I watched this movie last week after a recommendation from our co-host Don from Fresh Cuts, and I absolutely fell in love with this movie. It instantly jumped to my top ten. I'm not exactly sure where yet. Obviously, I don't worry about my top ten until December, but it is instantly a top ten candidate, and that is ZOM 100 Bucket List of the Dead. I absolutely adored this film. This film is so charming, so fun. Um, not as gory as you might expect from a over-the-top Asian zombie movie, but I, I feel like the uh, the biggest benefits of this movie aren't necessarily the zombie action. It's this, these, the relationship between our three main characters. I think is just it's absolutely adorable. Um, the, our main character is so goddamn charming. And and it's a perfect movie for the working class. I mean, if if you're the kind of person that works in an office or you work for a tyrant where you absolutely hate your job and you dread going in every morning, this is a great movie for you to watch to really see, you know, one of those beaten down working class guys actually become a hero in the literal sense, too. Um, during a zombie apocalypse. And it's called Bucket List of the Dead because um, the guy, uh, the main character in the movie, um, his name is Akira. He basically, he's of the understanding that he knows he's going to die in the zombie apocalypse. He's just this wormy little guy, no girlfriend, no family to speak of. So he's accepted the fact that he's going to die in the zombie apocalypse. But he starts working on a list and it's his bucket list of the dead. It's basically a hundred things that I want to do before I'm eaten by a zombie. That's literally the name of his list. And he doesn't write all hundred things down at once. He's actually adding to the list as the movie goes along. You know, sometimes he'll check stuff off and then add a new item, things like that. But they're all really cool things like, you know, go hand gliding, uh, you know, go to the hot tubs in, you know, northern Japan, blah, blah, just like little things like that. But then he's got big ones on there, too, like become a superhero and save everyone uh, and, and other, you know, cool little charming things like that. So I like I said, I can't say enough good things about this movie. This movie is sitting on a 5.5 on IMDb, which to me is an absolute fucking travesty. This movie was, like I said, so entertaining. I think the biggest drawback of this movie is going to be its length. It's over two hours. It's two hours and ten minutes long. And I know for a zombie movie, that's a little excessive. But the character development is very important in this movie. You, you, we get a lot of time with all three of our main characters separately. And then once they get together, you know, we, we it kind of turns into The Walking Dead with, like, interactions with, you know, um, survivor groups and things like that. So I, I, I personally can't say enough good things about it. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more gore for a Zomcom, but... For what we got, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I'm not sure if Mike's seen this one, but Derek, I'm kind of hoping you've seen it. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, before Derek chimes in, I'll just say you already listed off the main reason I haven't seen it. It's just because of the length. Because there's, yeah. there's actually a couple horror movies that are released on Netflix in the last two, three weeks that – I'm very much interested in. I just gotta find. I gotta find time on the weekend because weeknights are just hard for me. Period. But then when it becomes a two-hour movie, it, it gets to that point where like, do I do I start it now and kind of like watch it half half out of it? And I don't want right. to do that. So, but I actually it I actually looks did good. that with this movie. I watched I watched half of it one night and then I watched the second half another night. There is a perfect break. An hour and ten minutes in this movie. I mean, it's it's just the perfect spot to stop the movie and maybe come back later or the next day or whatever. So I, I would I would recommend if you can find an hour to spare, start it. And at least that first hour will give you an idea on whether you want to finish it. I'm pretty sure you will. I mean, okay. it it really reminds me of stuff like Juan of the Dead. Um, you know, some of those, some of the great Zomcoms, it's, it's not quite on the level of a Shaun of the Dead by any stretch, but it is just 
I, I like I said, I loved it. I love these characters, even the villain of all the human villain, I should say, because obviously it's a zombie movie and obviously zombie movies are going to have a, a human antagonist. Even he was somewhat likable um, by the end of the movie. So, yeah, highly recommend. And I was actually talking, but I discovered that I just forgot to turn my mute off on. <laughs> but, uh, no, I haven't seen it. I actually never heard of it until you brought it up, Venom. Yeah, there's actually an, there's also an anime, uh, an eight-episode anime that's like a – I don't know if – because I haven't started watching it yet. I'm pretty sure the movie came first. They're both dated 2023. But uh, the anime looks like it's kind of based off of the movie. And like I said, I haven't started watching the anime yet just because it's October. And I'm probably not going to watch a lot of uh, anime this month unless it's horror related. You know, Vampire Hunter D, Demon City, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say it was on? It's on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, it is? Netflix, both of them. Both the anime and the movie are on Netflix. All right. I'll have to look that up later. Yeah. I liked it. I, it also reminded me a little bit of Zombie for Sale from, what, last year or the year before, where it had that little – well, I mean, if you love that movie, I don't think there's any reason you won't like Zom 100. So, yeah, check it out. All right. <laughs> All right, Derek, you're up. What do you got? Okay. I watched the fucking worst movie ever. Called Kill Her Pose. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And then, like, I did some digging. I'm like, this all makes sense. This is from the director of one of the worst movies I ever seen, called Muck. Yep. And yeah, I'm like, like mind blown that this is made. And people, the fucked up thing is people are buying fucking $45 steelbooks of this thing, and they don't even know what it is. <laughs> they, I was, like, they have their own website. It pops up every time I go through Facebook, like, killer goats, fucking, you know, fucking, and I'm like, why? 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 Yeah. That's what, that's what we were saying when we reviewed it. Why? Why and why advertise Kane Hodder as being in the film when he's literally in the film for like one scene and he has a mask on the whole time? It's like really, like what did he get paid for that? And, <laughs> His and character this... literally disappears. His character literally walks into the woods and we never see him again the whole movie. <laughs> and he's one of the antagonists. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's great. It, it, the same thing <laughs> happened in Muck. They fucking advertise. Watch Kane Hunter kill. He's in the movie for fucking three seconds, and it's like uh, that. That movie just pisses me off because the it's the fucking middle of a trilo- supposed trilogy. So, like when you walk into that movie, part one already happened, and he's like, "I don't know any of these fucking assholes. I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> so fucking stupid." Yeah, yeah. Everything about that movie bothered us. I think I don't remember us really having a lot of positive to say about it. The kills were dull. The antagonists were dull. The the protagonists were just shitty people that nobody likes. I mean, and then it just turns yeah, into like this just, weird art house thing in the middle of the movie with like flashy fucking shit. Yeah. Like, oh my god! <laughs> you remember this one, Mike? Um, unfortunately, some of the details are coming back, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of titties, for, for some, For some reason, I don't know if it was, like, a well-cut trailer or something, but I remember being, like, pretty intrigued going into it. Like, it had a chance to be good, and then when I was watching it, I was just like, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Long takes and of yeah, people just talking. <laughs> and Derek is right about the uh, mass amounts of nudity. It, it really, really comes off like this director wanted to film a porn, but then at the last minute was like, oh, fuck it, we'll make it a horror movie. <laughs> oh, so bad. Don't buy so it bad. for $45. Don't buy it for fucking don't, don't buy it. Don't skip it. Yeah. Don't, don't watch, watch it, it free. Skip it, please. <laughs> don't even watch it for free. Yeah, you got better things to do with an hour and a half for your life. 
Yeah, it was like an hour and a half, too, and it felt fucking like it was three hours. Yeah, I almost quit on it. Like, at one point, I'd say like 45 minutes to an hour into it, I was very close to hitting up Mike and Derek, or Mike and Don, and saying, hey, can we pick another movie? <laughs> but I powered through it, so fuck it. Did Don finish it? Um, I believe he did, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. It wasn't. It wasn't fake. Yeah, for we, him. we haven't had too many examples of Don not finishing a movie. I mean, in the in the years that we've been working with him now, I think it's only happened once or twice. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He sometimes he has so little to say. You'd think he didn't watch it all, but he's he's watched he's watched them. Luckily, <laughs> he's studied. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. I guess it comes to me now. So. The first one I will bring up is actually it's one that kind of surprised me because it, it's on Tubi. It's a 2023, but it's not a Tubi original because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Tubi is actually like producing their own movies now, but they're mostly like super low budget, like garbage. Yeah. So when I first we heard about this, a yeah, we have um, Titanic someone, 666. I, I can't yeah. even remember who who uh, recommended this to me, but um, when they mentioned it was on Tubi in a 2023, yeah, I assumed it was a Tubi original, so I kind of just put that recommendation on the back burner, and I think I threw it on while I was working, and within 10 minutes I was like, hey, there might be something here, so I'm going to turn it off until I'm done working. So this would um, fall under the the screen horror genre somewhat um, because that there's a lot of that mixed in um, but it's not completely just on the screen so uh, did I even say the name of it resurrected is the name of it and so basically the setup is that the Vatican has learned somehow how to resurrect people after they die um, so you kind of have like a like a broken priest who uh, gets involved with this, and then things become a big conspiracy. And then, as you would imagine, the people coming back from the resurrection aren't quite what they seem. And then that's kind of how the story is set up. I, I can't really get into more because it would spoil it. But if if you're into screen horror at all, I feel like this one does a good job of kind of breaking the mold because up to now, a lot of screen-based horror ends up being like, oh, five people on a Skype call and there's an entity in the background and, or, it's either that or like the thriller version with, with like missing and what's the other one? Searching, I think it's called. Yeah. Where it's oh, like, oh, we gotta yeah. use, yeah, we gotta use social media to like track down the mystery of the people and I actually like those for what they were. Like, I, I can't wait for the Twitter movie. decent movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I really recommend this one. It's actually one of the more enjoyable movies I've seen this year. I like the story. I, I, I think with screen horror, one of the biggest things they need to do to the viewer is, like, grab you with the story quick. Because if not, you, you're probably going to get over the fact that you're watching someone, like, looking back on the screen pretty quick. But uh, this one... Got the job done. I, I, I always love kind of like it, – it's one thing to have like the general religious conspiracy stuff, but anytime it involves the Vatican, I always enjoy because the Vatican is actually an institution that would have the power to like do cover-ups and exert no, their power no over things. Yes. Is, is Buster Rhymes in this movie? Thankfully not. <laughs> it is <laughs> – it is not well. That would be called resurrected resurrection. <laughs> oh, trick or, trick or treat, Vatican motherfucker! Yeah, I don't know. Hail Mary, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> the power of Christ, motherfucker! <laughs> Come on, we used to be uh, ten times better though. For our power of Christ compels you, motherfucker. Well, this yeah, is Samuel um, Jackson there too, and I mean. <laughs> But yeah, if you if you want to actually, yeah, I, I don't know how this one fell to Tubi. I think it it must just be a coincidence because this is far and away 
and I, and the reason I say that is because it's a new movie. Like if, if it would have if it would have been something that was like you know five years old that just happened to slip through the cracks and Tubi grabbed it, I understand that. But usually, if Tubi's putting brand new stuff on their platform, it's because it's the movies they made. So kudos on them for I get you know I guess this one slipped through. Although I know a lot of a lot of times there's stuff on Tubi that also is on other places. Like sometimes it'll also be on Prime, but I didn't check so. Um, or fucking yeah, preview. Yeah, if you don't mind, obviously Tubi is going to have the commercial breaks. So if you if you want to look for alternate places that it might be on, do that. But otherwise, this might be like the best new thing I've ever seen on Tubi. So uh, hey, it's yeah. resurrected, and it's hey, 2023, yeah. so it could go into not. It probably won't be reviewed on Fresh Cuts because we're we're too late in the process for that. But as far as consideration for 2023's end of year list, so. Check it out. Sweet. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> uh, all right. Back to you, Venom. All right. My next film is going to be one that I brought up uh, uh, earlier. It is A Haunting in Venice. Obviously, this is uh, <laughs> Piero's amazing mustache. But, yeah, this is uh, directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh as uh, Piero. This is based on an Agatha Christie story, so obviously, you know, we got a murder mystery type thing going on. And uh, I accidentally saw the trailer for it because I didn't realize that it was horror adjacent, even though it's called A Haunting in Venice. Uh, You guys know I don't watch horror movie trailers. I avoid them like the plague. Um, But I saw this one by accident, and it had some supernatural elements to it. Now, obviously, it's an Agatha Christie story. So the likelihood that the supernatural element actually is supernatural is going to be slim to none. But I still had a minor interest in seeing this. And I got to say, the movie still is beautiful in theaters. I mean, the the, the mansion, uh, the palazzo, because they're in Venice, obviously, hence the title. Yeah. Um, the palazzo that they're in is gorgeous. It's got that great atmosphere. It's obviously floating in on the water since they are in Venice, so... Water and flooding does kind of come into play with the storyline. It's got a great little cast, not maybe not as great as some of the previous Agatha Christie adaptations, but I mean, you got Kenneth Branagh, uh, Michelle Yeoh as a psychic, you've got Jamie Dornan as a uh, doctor with PTSD from the war, Tina Fey of all people as an author. Pretty, like I said, a pretty good cast. I I enjoyed the movie. Obviously, horror adjacent is even a stretch for this movie. Like I, I would never recommend this for genre fans necessarily. I do love a good murder mystery, though. I mean, and and then yeah. there were one and movies like that and Clue are some of my favorite movies ever. Uh, murder by Death, you know, things like that. So. Uh, It was obviously going to be in my wheelhouse. I did enjoy uh, Murder on the Orient Express from a couple of years ago, which basically, you know, was done by Kenneth Branagh and, you know, starred him as well as as the Yeah, I just watched uh, both of those. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've got good performances. You've got a good story. Obviously, it's Agatha Christie, so you know you've got a good story there. As long as the director and writer and screenwriter don't, you know, change too much about it, you know you've got a solid story. You've got good performances. Um, you've got a nice little mystery with, unfortunately, I would say you can kind of see the end coming. Like the the reveal, the last reveal is like, oh, yeah, that was like the second person I guessed was the killer. Um, but, you know, it's still worth seeing, I think. And if you get a chance to see it in theaters, I would say check it out. It looks really nice. I mean, obviously, Venice is beautiful, whether it's daytime or nighttime. Um, the house, you know, like I said, the palazzo is nice and big, lots of floors, lots of levels. And, you know, like I said, the, the finale might be leave you a little flat, but I think overall that the experience is going to be a positive one. I saw it in theaters this past week. Obviously, it came out two weeks ago, but I was still in the middle of COVID. So I, I got delayed a week in seeing it. So I saw it this past weekend and I really did enjoy it. So. Um, it gets a mild recommend from me. I wouldn't necessarily call this essential viewing like ZOM 100, but I, I think, you know, especially if you maybe, you know, have a spouse who's not into horror as much as you are, this is a nice little Halloween movie to kind of, I would say this is a good early October movie. Like 
you know, I, I wouldn't watch it towards the end of October. That's when we save our, you know, our, our classics, our Halloween classics. But I think this is a good one to start the month off with. And it's a good date movie, ultimately, especially if you're the type of movie viewer who likes to try to figure out the mystery, you know, before the movie gives it away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, I gotta check that one out still. I got, I got kind of sidetracked with fucking other shit. Like, I was gonna go see it, but then fucking mm-hmm. shit happened. You know how it goes. But if I can. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah and I, I love the first two. Like, fucking. Yeah. Like, the, when, in def, the Death of the Nile, like, that whole beginning fucking intro to the fucking yeah, origin nice. of the mustache was, like, fucking amazing. <laughs> that was, like, the fucking greatest scene ever in a fucking movie. And I'm excited yeah. that Kenneth Branagh does gargoyles. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> That's his next project. It's going to be awesome. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw the trailer for it, too, um, at the theater. I thought it looked very interesting. Definitely, like, murder mystery, horror adjacent. But I, 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 I still was interested in seeing it. I just didn't have time to get to the theater. But once it hits... Uh, VOD or one of the services definitely I'll be checking out because that cast is really good from my yeah I, I I will say that the cast in the first two are a little bit better they they mesh a little bit better this one is definitely not as good as uh, Orient Express or Death on the Nile but it's still very watchable yeah, like yeah, said, the only thing that freaked me out that freaked me out of the Death on the Nile cast is half of them are canceled now. Like, <laughs> we were seeing Army Hammer, like, groping women and shit in that movie. And Russell Brand's just looking all rapidly. Well, that's how, that's just how he looks. I know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Derek, what do you got next? Uh, Yeah, I watched a fucking um, another movie on a, what's it called there? Shutter. I got back in the shutter. I watched uh, Harusta the Bone Woman. Oh, nice. Yeah. The Bone Woman? Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'll just say the Bone Woman yeah. because I, I, I'm not as good as you, Venom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was kind of like an interesting story. You know, it's about this young woman who's kind of like we see her like trying to get pregnant in the beginning of the movie and then as like the story unfolds it kind of has like these seedlings of like her past life kind of sleep out and then all of a sudden this weird supernatural thing starts happening where you see like this lady just jump off a fucking building and she's just chasing her it's like crawling and shit and like as the movie progresses it gets worse and worse and then you get a little bit more seedlings of kind of like the allegory of the movie, which wow, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. I was kind of into this. Like, it's kind of an interesting way to tell this type of story. <laughs> like, wow, it was cool. I actually really enjoyed it a lot. It was pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah. And this movie um, is based on an actual Mexican legend, The Bone Woman. Uh, for those who don't know, there is a <clears throat> it's it's a story of a woman who was cursed to basically collect the bones of wolves, lone wolves specifically, not wolves that had a pack. So basically, she would collect the bones of lone wolves and then she would put them together using black magic to create a human woman. It would actually create a woman, and she would uh, the bone woman would actually like basically just let the woman go, basically just go live live your life as a human. But if the basically if that person, you know, the the woman that was created, if she ends up living a subservient life, the bone woman starts to appear to her and starts to basically want to take away what she gave to her. So. When you think about the Mexican legend in correspondence with the movie, it, in my opinion, it makes the movie better. And it explains that ending, because I know a lot of people were confused about that ending. But if you think about, you know, the, the connotation of the actual Mexican um, myth, it makes 100% sense, and it just makes the movie that much better. So, yeah. yeah. I know this is one that we all raved about on Fresh Cuts. I mean, even Don loved this one. So, yeah, kudos. 
Yeah, it's so far behind I am. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's funny because today um, Lacey was she, – she messaged me. She's like, man, there's been a lot of, like, pregnancy horror in the last year or two, hasn't there? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe coming out of the pandemic, you know. (laughs) Yeah, our our, our May of this year, we did four episodes of Fresh Cuts. Three of them had to do with impending motherhood. I I couldn't get over it. And obviously May is is Mother's Day month, so it kind of made sense. But, yeah, three out of the four episodes we did were about, you know, impending motherhood between, like, Clock and uh, Bone Woman, and I forget what the third one was. Take no companies, release all pregnancy horror. In May, <laughs> he'll do better. <laughs> oh, if you want to horrify expectant mothers into getting abortions, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's called Hager by Ryan Nicholson. Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make Mike watch that one day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with uh, Derek. We said uh, is easily a top 10 candidate for me right now. Uh, I had very little negative things to say about it. I really liked it. One of the better Shudder movies. Yes. Yeah. In a slow year for Shudder, it's nice to see something like the Bone Woman pop out of there. Yeah. How's that Blood Flower Mm -hmm. movie on there? I haven't seen it yet. I don't think I've seen it. No. Yeah, it looks interesting. It's like Malaysian. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I've, I've scrolled by it a few times. Like I have such a conflict of like what I want to throw on while I'm working because, yeah. especially if it's a first time watch, it's like I feel like it's I somewhat ruin the experience if I'm only half paying attention. So true. I, but I have scrolled by it like at like. And you always see that dem- that demonic kid's eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've come close to hitting play, but I'm just like ah, I'm gonna wait, and then other things get in the way, and then of course. Uh, yeah. Never have time, but um, I guess for, for my next one, I'll I'll pick something I did watch on Shutter, and this to me ended up being more of like a psychological thriller than horror. But if you, it's funny if you if you look it up on Shutter, I think it's still in like the new section. It's called Schools Out, and the the little uh, placeholder they put up like the art. It's like kids with glowing eyes, and it gave me, like, Village of the Damned vibes. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, this might be, like, a creepy kids movie. So, basically, the setup for this one is, I think they're either middle school or, like, early high school. The opening of the movie is they're in class, and, like, the teacher seems kind of half out of it. And he he walks to the back of the class, opens the window, and, like, jumps off to commit suicide. And obviously it's it seems like, oh, the kids might have something to do with why he did it. Um, this movie, <laughs> it's another one like I don't want to get into the details of because I don't want to spoil anything. Would I recommend it? Yes, but I think it's going to be more for a specific audience because it, it's, it's kind of a dry type of story. If Do you guys remember, it was either last year or the year before, that movie The Innocents? Um, yeah, like a kid, it was like a Swedish or the Chronicle ripoff. Uh, it, it, do you think that it, uh, it, where, where it was like the, what, the middle school? Yeah, they had powers. I don't know if I'd call them superheroes, but they were they definitely they were mutants. So think yeah, of a movie. Think of a similar movie like that, but it's not. There's no. There's nothing supernatural that we know of involved. It's more just psychological and it, it it this movie there's a lot of nihilism in it as far as like because these in this movie they're gifted kids and it's almost like they're so gifted that they know too much as kids about how the world works so they have like a blue the movie's very bleak and nihilistic uh, that's like the much as much i can say if you're into that kind of thing so which better sometimes version if you're in the mood <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's hard for me to call it horror, just because if if I I, I want to set it up properly, I don't want to give people the wrong expectation. It definitely, um, dark, it's dark as hell though. Is like it kind of like Freaks from a few years ago? Uh kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I can that be a little after. Yeah, I mean, I would say check it out because everyone does a great job. 
in it, and I think like for some of the horror fans, it'll hit the right notes. It's just that I don't want I don't want people to go into it thinking it's your typical creepy killer kid movie because it's it's not. But is it Robert I Patrick? Robert Patrick, <laughs> no. It'd be awesome just to see Robert Patrick just mowing down kids. Randomly in a French movie <laughs> where everyone else That's is a French awesome. actor. <laughs> fucking Robert fucking Patrick. <laughs> yeah, so I would say check out Schools Out on... Uh, if you're into some French nihilism, check it out. Um, Alright, back to Venom for your final pick. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and pick another wide-release movie that's kind of horror-adjacent, only because I, I was surprised by this movie. I only went to see this movie because I was bored on a Saturday. There was nothing else to watch in the theater. Uh, there was no poker game, <laughs> no convention, so I literally didn't have much. So I decided, well, screw it. Uh, let's go see this and see what, what, what the hype is about, because I had heard that it was getting good reviews. And this is, of course, uh, another version of a film about a ride at Disneyland. No, this is not Pirates of the Caribbean. This is, of course, Haunted Mansion. And I got to say, I really fucking enjoyed this movie. It's still solidly a family movie, but it's one of the darkest family movies I've ever seen. Like, there is some legitimate tension in the film, legitimate dark atmosphere even some of the themes in the film um just really really blew me away i mean this thing blows away the eddie murphy version from a few years ago because that thing was so slapsticky that i just rolled my eyes constantly whereas this one i had no problem with any of the performances i thought the story was really well done i think the effects are great uh, I mean, listen to this cast. We've got Lakeith Stanfield, Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Jamie Lee Curtis, Danny DeVito, Jared Leto. I mean, that's insane. And I got to say, only because I generally don't like the guy. I don't like Jared Leto that much. I'm not a big fan of any of the music he ever made. I'm not that big a fan of any of the movies he's ever made. I can't stand what he did with the Joker. But in this movie... As the Hatbox Ghost, I thought he was spectacular. He did a great job. Um, obviously, you know, the character CG because it's a ghost, but, um, you know, he's got that very distinct, deep British accent, and, you know, it's got Jared Leto written all over it. Not that Jared, Jared Leto's British, but he's a damn good actor, apparently, even though I'm not the biggest fan. Like, I haven't seen any of his Oscar-winning stuff. I've seen just, like, kind of his more popular stuff, and, I'm not impressed, but yeah, in this, I thought he was great. But anyway, great story about loss, uh, about redemption, guilt, uh, just really, really cool. And, and this is another long one. It's over two hours once again, but it absolutely did not feel over two hours. I mean, I, I was so invested in all of these characters. You know, Lakeith Stanfield's Ben is a great broken character. Rosario Dawson, you know, dealing with the having to raise a child not only by yourself, but in a very obviously haunted mansion. So um, the, the movie is funny. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota was awesome. Uh, even Tiffany Haddish, who is another person that I'm not usually the biggest fan of, I thought she was great as uh, the psychic Harriet in this one. So, yeah, I mean, this is another one where I would say, you know, if you got some young kids, you know, who are into like, you know, kind of Disney Halloween stuff. I think this is a great family film, like much more than a haunting in Venice. Not that I really call the haunting in Venice a family film necessarily, but it's a good introduction to horror adjacent. Whereas this one, I mean, it's, it seems cliche to call it a thrill ride because it's literally based on a thrill ride at Disney world and Disneyland. But um, I, I I had such a fun time with this one that I, I, I can't, I, I can't say anything negative about it. I, I literally, even with the long duration, I, I had a blast with it. I walked out of the theater with an ear-to-ear -ear grin. Uh, I just loved it. And, uh, I mean, Danny DeVito kind of steals the show. Like, he's he's one of the lesser main characters in the movie, but every time he's on screen, you just kind of want to laugh. Um, like I said, Rosario is great. Jamie Lee is great. Everyone in the movie is great. Uh, so, like I said, 
uh, check it out, especially if you have families. And uh, again, it's the beginning of October. This this movie's still playing in theaters, but it also hits Disney Plus this coming Monday, literally October second. It hits Disney Plus. So I would imagine as you guys are listening to this, it'll be available on Disney Plus. So if you've got access to an account, go check it out. I'm gonna assume uh, neither of you have seen it. No, I actually did. I, I took my kids to see oh, it wow. at the theater. Nice. Oh, right. And they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I had asked because you know once the commercials and trailers started hitting, I asked them. I was like, hey, because it, it was probably something I wouldn't have gone to see at the theater by myself. But once yeah, they were interested, I was like, okay, like that one dude. Shut up. <laughs> you be that one dude in there, like. And, and yes, I was that one dude in the theater by himself. I was surrounded by families and couples and everything. I'm just whatever. <laughs> I'll be that creepy guy. I don't mind. <laughs> I, ultimately, I have to see movies alone. You know, Mrs. Venom works nights, so and you. during the day she's sleeping. So yeah, I, I, I yeah. And there, there's plenty of adults that will go see movies based on the cast alone. Like um, yeah. I, like I there's been many times like yeah there's many times I'll be sitting in the theater and like I'll hear an older couple overhear them after like a trailer just plays and they'll be like oh the Meryl Streep movie gotta go see that you know like it's just because they have their favorite actors right. and actresses that no matter what they're, they just want to see them on the screen yeah I actually enjoyed this I, I feel like I enjoyed this cast a little bit more than A Haunting in Venice that's that's too horror-adjacent ensemble cast movies. Oh, I'm and just waiting for, for the, the sequel with Danny DeVito now. <laughs> I would Bronner watch and DeVito, and you, and DeVito. Danny DeVito's character in this movie is the main character in the sequel, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. <laughs> but yeah, to your, to your point, Venom, I, I agree. I found this one a little bit more enjoyable than the Eddie Murphy one. Um, the Eddie Murphy one had its merits too, but it, it it definitely felt like an Eddie Murphy vehicle. Like it's like, let's yes. put Eddie Murphy in a haunted mansion movie so Eddie yeah, Murphy can do Eddie Murphy him. things. Yeah. Yep, exactly. What is better than Pluto Nash? I'll give it that. <laughs> well, I mean, I took a hefty shit earlier. That's better than Pluto Nash. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, all right, Derek, what you got? Nothing else new, unfortunately. But I rewatched one from a few years ago titled Mayhem. Yes. Directed by Joe Lynch. Mm-hmm. And okay. actually actually the reason why is because I actually just met Joe Lynch at that convention that I went to. And he was like the fucking coolest guy too. Like we talked for like a half an hour about just movies. Like I even mentioned that we were recording this episode on Kinamara and shit. It was fucking cool. And fucking like uh you know, it was the coolest moment and like he had copies of Mayhem, so I was like, Yeah, I don't own that one, so I'll take that and he signed it and took pictures with me and my nephew. And you know he was the coolest dude there and I can't wait for I think he actually his new movie comes out in October too at some point. Uh, suitable flesh, which looks cool. They he actually yeah. was selling posters of it. It's like H.P. Lovecraft, so I'm kind of excited for that. But uh, yeah, Mayhem is pretty awesome. You know, it's kind of like a better version of like Belko experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you know like story, execution and story, and the, it, it's kind of cool too. Like the cast with like Stephen Yoon and Samara Weaven. I thought they actually did a good job working off each other throughout the movie as it progressed. They were fun, and the characters are always. Like, the guy who just goes around and fires people, that was, like, the greatest, like, character ever. He was, like, <laughs> Darth Vader in this movie. <laughs> totally. Oh, it was fucking awesome, like, with the black gloves and shit. It was fucking great. It was a fun movie. Yeah. Fun. Oh, yeah. I think we reviewed it on Fresh Cuts. I don't remember, but I definitely saw that in theaters. And, yeah, I, I fucking loved it. I thought that was great. Yeah. A slightly more fun Belko exper- uh, experiment. Yeah, Joe Lynch. Or definitely more gory. Definitely a gorier Belko experiment. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was. I thought there was another movie that came out around the time of Mayhem that was like an off, like a uh, bunch of people in the office go crazy right. and start killing Belko. each other. I just that's what, what I just Belko? said. Belko experiment. 
It's the Belko experiment, yeah. And then they had well, that yeah, weird one with, like, Zach Allen Rothkiss and shit. Oh, yeah, okay. I was I was confusing Belko with something else. Now, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. It was Belko. I, I do think Mayhem was, like, the better of the two, for sure. Belko um, was just a paycheck movie. They're like, James Gunn, you write the fastest script you could write in five minutes. Give it to me. Greg McLean, you direct this like you did the first Wolf Creek. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't like the ending of Belco as much as Mayhem. Like, yes. I, I didn't like the kind of contrived ending that they had and, you know, almost, almost happy ending. The ending of Mayhem was so much better. I think Mayhem just – Belco looks like a nicer movie because it had a better budget, a higher budget, and it actually has more name actors in it. Yeah, Michael Rucker and shit, yeah. Yeah. But I, but I think Mayhem is the way more fun movie. <laughs> yeah. Is is Mayhem the one that ends with, like, a bunch of, like, screens where it shows, like, it happening elsewhere, too? That's Belko. That's Belko. Belko. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually holding the Belko experiment Blu-ray in my hand. Because I, I, when I said it and no one recognized it, I'm like, did I get the title wrong? But no, it's the Belko experiment. Uh the tagline is "Office Space Meets Battle Royale." <laughs> yeah, what the, yeah, it was like that weird one that was like low budget. It had like Bob Odenkirk and Zach Galifianakis and Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> that wasn't Severance, was it? I don't know. No, no, that Severance. was the British one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the British. Yeah, one. there's a few of them. There's a few. Hell of them yeah, man. Together. Especially the older you get, the more likely you've worked in an office. So office space horror actually works. <laughs> Once you've experiment, experienced it, especially, uh, like I said, if you had, like, like I said earlier with ZOM 100, if you have like a real demanding boss who beats you down, yeah. uh, I mean, what, what is more guilty pleasure than killing your boss? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything. There's even like a vampire one called Bloodthirsty Bastards. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for my final one, Shocker. It's another movie I found on Shocker. Tubi. <laughs> oh, uh, not Shocker, unfortunately. Not this time. But <laughs> I'll have to find another show to make people watch Shocker again on. Um, nope. This, uh, <laughs> this, one's on Tubi. <laughs> this one's on Tubi, also a 2023 and not a Tubi original. Uh, it's called Murder Size. Have either of you guys heard of this? I actually got the Blu-ray from the director in the mail the other day. I didn't watch it yet, though. I didn't watch okay, it. I so have not seen it now. Now, this one is low-budget comedy gold, but you definitely have to almost be in on the joke because, I mean, if the title alone doesn't give it away, it, it's really kind of being like a uh, parody of like kind of like the 80s workout video craze. So in this movie, they're trying to put together uh, a workout video, and 